dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs were the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. Podcast Sunday. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. You can't make this up podcast. Episode 144. (laughs) (laughs) And something we love to do on this here podcast is to have guests. Yeah. Guests of all walks of life. We done had... NFL players on here, comedians, politicians, politicians, NBA players. We be doing it, dog. Yeah, we've been out here. Three, DJs. Three years, man. Congrats. I don't think we uh, said it officially. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Three years. Yeah. Yeah, three Good years. Work, Good, Good work, bro. Good work. Good work. And, uh, you know, five stars on iTunes. We on iTunes. We on Spotify. We on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Share this joint. And get it out there to the masses, man. Yeah. But, uh. We dipping our toe in something we never done before. Yeah, we, we got, dipping our toes. Yeah, it, feel, it feels good to have somebody in here, a, a, a protector of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> we got a knuckle bruiser in the building. Man. You already know it is. William Connor Jr., what's going on? You're an MMA fighter, right? Yeah, what's up, man? I'll just be doing my little MMA thing. I talk, love make sure you talk to the mic, boss. I love, I, I love doing this little MMA thing, love fighting. So, you know, yeah. grew up around here. That's all we ever did. Okay. You from Dayton? Yeah. Cool, cool. I see you uh, you got a fight coming up. That's why why we're here, right? Yeah, yeah. April 27th, man. Down there at the convention center. I'm going to have a nice little fight going. And, uh, man, I'm just ready to get it going. It's been about a year since I fought. I'm two and one as an amateur looking for this third win. So, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, took some time to watch you on YouTube a little bit. I okay. saw some uh, elbow locks that looked fierce. <laughs> I saw some 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 right, some left. So I, I might yeah. get down there for this. It's a, is it HR MMA or is it pronounced the same? Um, it's Hard Rock MMA. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Hard Rock MMA presents. Uh, it's a uh, B2 Fight Series live event Saturday, April 27th at 7.30. Dayton Convention Center, Dayton, Ohio. William Connor Jr. versus Justin Smith. What got you into MMA, man? Talk about that. What got you into this world? Man, I don't know. I just always had a love for the sport, just being a typical kid, loving, like, Power Rangers and stuff like that. Just love MMA, just mixed martial arts as yeah. a whole. Like, you know, Jet Li was one of my favorites. And then, like, I got into some trouble back in the day when I was real young, like 13 or so. And then when you locked up, that's all you had to do was yeah. fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then it just became real natural to me, so just got kind of love for it, and this is what I do. Cool. So did you do any type of, like, uh, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, boxing before you really dipped your toe into this? Uh, Beforehand, you know, because my parents seen that I was just had them dis- uh, discipline problems and things like that. I did, like, a little bit of karate with my uh, sensei, Curry. He was in the military for U.S. military and things, but then uh, kind of got out of it when his wife died, and he was shipped off over there to Korea, so... And it just became football, and then, man, after that, just came, got right back into the sport. Like, just I did a little bit of wrestling at uh, Wayne High School when I went there. Okay, but after that, I just all all my training comes from a uh, Vision MMA out mm-hmm. in Fairborn. 
We do Muay Thai, boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu. I mean, we we a real MMA gym. We do it all there, and all the coaches and guys there love them. I'm, I'm new to the MMA world, but I'm starting to, like, find love and passion in watching it, not never in it. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but curious to know, is there a fighting style that is more common, or is there a fighting style that are is trained more, or is it basically – People come with a bag of tricks and man versus man. Like, what's the? Is, is there a common style? Uh, here lately, people come with a bag of tricks and you know, you know, just man versus man. They everybody's freestyle fighter now yeah. and stuff like that. But one thing that I've always seen like predominant in MMA was a good wrestling background and a good boxing background because you got to be able to stand up and throw them. Yeah, and you got to be able to fight on the ground because what happens when you're back on the ground? You know, what right? I mean? mm-hmm. So. I would have to say, yeah, definitely boxing and uh, wrestling. Wrestling yeah. is probably about the two most prominent that. styles that I see in MMA. Really, like if you're good at those two, it's gonna be hard to try to beat you, man. Yeah, yeah. So talk about the mindset that it takes to get into that octagon because that's not regular. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, I come to the radio station, I talk on a microphone for a living, <laughs> but to actually get in that ring and know that you' about to scrap and that's you doing that for a living. Talk about that mindset you have to have. I mean, it's not for everybody. The mindset I just really have is the mindset that I had before, like when I had to fight in the street or something like that, where there ain't no ref, there ain't nothing yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? I just try to tell myself it's just another day, just another fight. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty of times I could have been in a fight in the street and lost my life or anything like that. Somebody retaliate from losing or whatever. Right. So I just get in my mindset like it's just another day, it's just another fight. Like, you know what I mean? It's just hard to do. It's a light switch type thing. It's just something that you get with inside yourself. You start talk, having them real talks, like look in the mirror with yourself and be like, do you really want to do this? Yeah. And then you I just go out there and me, do it. I think for me, just from, looking, from the outside looking in, I come from playing football and basketball. So it is like a light switch. Just It's just because, I guess, MMA is kind of still newer. Yeah, like It's, yeah, it's, it's hard raw. for people to understand, like, yo, these dudes, like, there's no gloves. Well, there's gloves, but yeah. they're like, what type of gloves are they? Uh, they's eight ounce gloves. Yeah. You know, got the fingers through and what's them. What's a so boxing glove? Most boxing gloves are sixteen ounces. Got you. So, so it looks different. Yeah. It, it it feels different. It doesn't feel like the quote unquote traditional sport. So for people to wrap their mind around, like, yo, they about to go fight. Well, what's the difference between you being a wide receiver about to go across the middle and meet Ray Lewis? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right. Some people might think that's crazy as well. Yeah, yeah. What's your record? Uh, I'm two and one as an amateur right now. Um, my last loss was in Columbus. Little weak split decision. Not too proud of that. <laughs> what a rematch! <laughs> right, hey, that's what I'm thinking about. But I gotta get this one out the way first. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's why they say the number one rule in fight: never leave it to the judges. Finish your fights. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So, but how often do you fight? Like, is it a couple times a year, or is it? Oh, I'll I'll fight. As many times a year my body will allow it or, you know, health, you know, doctors yeah. and everything will say it. So, I mean, a good fight schedule to me is that you're at least fighting four times a year, once every three months. Gotcha. You know I mean, fight more if you can. It's your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So April 27th is coming up. What goes into the prep? So what are you doing right now to get ready? I've been running all types of miles lately. My, yeah. my calves and legs been burning at work, and that's the crazy thing about it. It's like I still got to go to work and everything, yeah. but. You know, I just run. I've been doing a lot of the conditioning and grinders where we're just, where we, you know, in football where you had the one dude in the middle, 
and mm-hmm. Eric, he had to go against everybody. That's yeah. the, I mean, that's kind of what we do too. But gotcha. it's like wrestling takedowns or strikes and things like that. And I mean, we just I get I try to get as big as guys I can. Yeah. You know, I'm heavyweight, so sometimes there ain't always heavyweights at the gym that go and train. So right, try, I'm doing everything I could prepare for weight, doing everything I could prepare for reach. Been eating healthy, so you know, get that good burst of energy. Yeah. Feel clean when you go in there. Your body feels good and clean. Just you gotta turn off the sex life. I heard that, <laughs> heard that about fighters. Man. Fighters gotta turn that stuff off. I hear. Looks like I'm never gonna be a fighter. Bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for for a little bit, especially like leading up to it, you. I guess you do want that little extra scientists say that little extra yeah. testosterone and edge going into the ring, but. I don't know. I ain't never really had a problem with that. <laughs> right. I was going to say, God bless you for Man, that's yeah. a strong, like you said, you got to have a different type of mindset to be in that world. So, Man, you talk about the whole cardio situation because how long are the rounds? Uh, Amateur, they're three, three minute rounds. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, three minute, three rounds, yeah. So, I want everybody that's listening to this podcast, people don't think three minutes is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Try to jump rope for three minutes straight or shadow box for three minutes straight. Yeah. Bet you can't do it. Yeah. Man. Bet you can't do it. Now, this guy is out here wrestling, punching, jumping, punching, kicking for three minutes, three rounds. Like, that's real endurance, man. Yeah. Talk about that. Cardio and endurance side of it is everything. Like, to me, that's everything. When, you know, can you swim in deep water? Like, it's different when you're in a pool versus when you're out there in a big ass lake or an yeah. ocean or something like that. So, the endurance that it takes, like, you know, most of the time when we're in there uh, in the gym training and things, we try to go, like, double or whatever time that you're going to be in there. If I, you know, I'm going to be in there nine minutes total, all right, I need to go and have an 18, 19-minute grinder, you know what I mean? Yeah. I need to go do hit cardio for at least double the time I'm going to be in there because you never know what's going to happen. You're going to exert more energy or your opponent's going to make you more tired or, you know. Yeah. So just the have the ability – so when it's the third round and you see him over there breathing heavy and you start feeling like I'm still I still got pep in my step, you know, say you can still crack a smile. Like, you know, when you're confident in your cardio, you're probably confident in your fight. Well, yeah, man. What's the minimum in uh, heavyweight for a weight? Uh, the weight, the minimum weight is anything over 205. Gotcha. And then but the maximum for uh, heavyweights is 265. Okay. That's, that's a yeah. So you could be two, 207 going against 255, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you in trouble. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yikes. Is there is your opponent does he have any uh anything that kind of got you on your toes or are you feeling you feeling worried about Mr. Smith at all? <laughs> Not really, man. He's 6-4. I'm only 6-2. Okay. I got long arms so that reach things never been a factor. It's just I fought six four people before. What's his record? You know, I, I think he's one and zero. Oh, okay, but my thing is like you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. That yeah. cliche. I fought people who was six four, people who was five ten, and there's been people who was five ten that gave me more trouble than six four people. Yeah. So there ain't nothing I see from I seen from his fight tape or anything. That I'm really worried about man. I'm cool. just gonna go in there and fight my fight. So you go for the knockouts or you go for the taps? I go for the win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that, man. Yeah. Something I always look at with the MMA fighters it's is the, the ears. Yeah, the cauliflower ear, man. You I've been... good. You straight. You ain't got them yet. <laughs> I actually had my little experience with it. It went down and everything, but it swelled up fairly well, man. It, it's what happens. It, it's a... 
for fighters, it's a mark of like you actually put in work, yeah. man. Like you actually out here on the mats grinding, you know. So it sucks. Like I got, you know, I like my little ears and everything. I don't like them being touched or nothing. But man, it's a part of it. Yeah. Man, the man. first time I, I don't remember exactly who was fighting, but it was like the first time I ever really watched the MMA fight, and he got hit, and then you saw his ear explode. So I didn't know anything about cauliflower ear. Right. So I thought like, yo, this dude didn't ripped his ear off. <laughs> but come to find out, just like it's what, just, just blood. It's just, just blood and pus, just liquid, just and you know, saying like water and stuff. It's just any other thing that gets irritated when you constantly rubbing, rubbing it. Yeah, it, it, it comes from the strikes of the glove. Is that strikes what? of the glove, or when you're wrestling and things like that? You got your ear on the mat, and you know you got to move in a different position. Your head's gonna rub against the ground. Yeah, it's just constant doing that. Yeah, it's that part means of the grind. you can, Yeah, exactly. It means you constantly in there working. Kind of yeah. like a sprain ankle and hoops. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You don't get cauliflower ear from from being in a fight. You get it from being in the gym every day. Okay. You know? Once again, for those that want to come check this fight out, it's Saturday, April 27th, 7.30, Dayton Convention Center. Doors open at 6. The fight starts at 7.30. Is there an undercard as well? or, or is it Yeah, just- yeah, I'm part of the undercard. My actual one of my good friends who actually I train with, too, he's from Dayton, Huber Heights area, Paul Schomer. He's going to be the main event nice. on the uh, card. So. It's two fights, or is it? Uh, there's 14 fights oh, in total. Oh, Wow. Yeah, yeah, starting at 7.30, from 7.30 till the show ends. Wow. 14 fights in total. So for those that want tickets, VIP tables, or any any info, visit hrmma.com or call 270-307-6442. You VIP tables? VIP tables. We might have to oh, go. some bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm one, I'm like, <laughs> one more time this. on that phone number because I cut you off. Uh, area code 270-307-6442 or hrmma.com. Man, we appreciate you coming through and good luck yeah. on the fight, boss. I appreciate y'all, man. For yeah. sure, man. William Connor Jr. Dayton Zone. Yeah. Putting in that work. Appreciate yeah. it. Big shout out to Vision MMA. Y'all should come see us in uh, Fairborn right there off Kaufman. There it is. Kev walking the guest out. I'm about to spit. Freestyle off at the dome, it's never writ. K-Stand, that's what they used to call me, now I'm killer. Back in the 937, pulling the trigger. Oh, freestyle flow, you can't make this up. Podcast Sunday, fun day, get up. <laughs> so, bro, you can't get freestyles when I'm gone? You know what I'm saying? I had to drop a little bar <laughs> off, or, you know, about seven bars, nothing nothing too much. Okay, you know? okay. R.P. Nip, man. Big facts, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, man. Sad, sad, sad. It seems like every Sunday when we do this, man, it's like something something big happens and we playing catch up on the news cycle because we, yeah. we only do this once a week, man. But L.A. lost to Mount Rushmore, man. They lost the King, man. Nipsey Hustle. Now, I would be lying if I said, oh, man, I've been rocking with Nipsey Hustle. Yeah. You get that energy yeah. a lot when, you know what I'm saying, someone meets their end way too early now i can honestly say that i listened to the victory lap when we did our uh end of the year recap yeah lots of people hit me up like how you ain't got nip in your top five albums i was like i listened to it it's cool just not in my top five like you know saying he's a cool rapper like just really never latched on yeah for me i'm the same way i i i got two or three songs that i you know like yeah. that kind of stayed on my playlist. I never really was a whole album Nipsey dude. Right. Um, I even had opportunities, man, and like looking back on it, I can remember parties doing it for Tone in LA. Nip, me and Nip standing shoulder to shoulder, 
you know, and just he was just a LA dude that I knew did music that I knew, you know, people gravitated to. You know, I, I didn't want to be the 19th person to be like, yo, what up, Nip? You know, like, yeah. so I just kind of let let it be. But being around his energy and atmosphere, I, I I can see just from that little experience what kind of kind of dude he was, man. Real. Real laid back, but also about his business, man. And um, it's sad somebody felt the need to take that from us, man. Absolutely. One thing I definitely can say that I did know about Nip and did respect about Nip and still do to this day is, was his business acumen. It was something that you heard about in all the interviews he's ever done. Like, everybody always knew that, like, yo, he's about his business. He's about the music for sure, but he's definitely about his business and ownership and putting people on. Yeah. And for a person that is, quote-unquote, not on in the traditional sense, all like that, he handled business like a pro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Owning 100% of his masters, uh, owning that whole lot mm-hmm. on his own block, his own store. I can't even front, like, it's it messes you up because it's one of those situations that you say, like, uh, my boy Will, he hit me up, like, about the whole end of the year albums and everything like that and i was like i'm gonna give it a re-listen maybe i'm missing something because everybody was like yo it's banging it's banging so yeah. i'm like i'm feeling like i didn't give it as fair due never got around to listening to it again until recently until yeah. he passed then after that i find time so i do feel kind of crappy for that and also i feel crappy because i knew he had a store i didn't see him wear a couple dope pieces i'm like i'm gonna cop me a piece yeah so of course he passed away i'm like man let me cop this piece man Go on there. Hoodies is like 175. I was like, damn, Nip, I didn't know you was busting ass like that, bro. <laughs> Prices went up, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> no disrespect. Right. All due respect. Man. Do your thing. But yeah, man, it's a it's a very sad situation, so sad. man. So sad. Uh 33, right? 33 years old, bro. And 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 we as a community, you know, we preach about, you know, helping the next the next man or next generation get on the right side of the street or, you know, Im- improving life or, you know, seeing what, it, seeing what they're good at, capitalizing on it and growing. And, like, I felt like Nip made that turn in life when it came to, you know, he was heavy into tech. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he, he was ahead of the game at that. He was ahead of the game with just doing something for us by us. You know, that FUBU kind yeah. of mentality he was really about, you know, Started that barbershop, then started that store, and then, you know he got the whole the whole shopping center, oh, you know, absolutely. and 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 was doing it for us, and was really, you know, you you see all the all the stories and all the quote unquote you know tributes, and uh, I saw Dave East, man, he he said it best to me, man, it was when 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 Pac and Big got taken from us, I was a kid, you know, what I'm saying I couldn't really feel that as a 10, 11, 12 year old, however old I was. You know, I can feel this as a grown man. I, I can feel what kind of impact people people have uh, gone through. And uh, shout out to my guy, DJ Mark the Spot out in L.A., man. He put a post up. He said, you ever been to somebody's house when someone passes away? That's what L.A. feel like right now. Mm. And for, you know, somebody that's in it, he's a big-time DJ out there. You know, that that kind of just put the put the stamp on it of just how hard it is for them. And they, they lost the giant. Sad. Yeah, man. Did you watch the video? Yeah, I did. I, I was going to ask you how you felt about that. I mean, TMZ kind of put that out there quick. And, you know, I saw some other, like, videos where it was really, you know, the the video. Mm-hmm. It was it was the shot. It was kind of you see his body move. You see him double back, shoot again, double back, kick, run. Like, it was really all there for for our eyes to see. And, yeah. and 
no questions as to what happened. And it's just, man, it's just, it's jealousy as a mother. Yeah, man, I didn't watch it. Um, I'm finding myself dialing back on a lot of things. Um, from, uh, what's the kid from Cleveland? Um, Tamar Rice? Yeah. Tamir Rice, Tamir Rice. I saw that and I was like, this isn't normal. Yeah. We shouldn't be seeing this. Yeah. We shouldn't be seeing people get killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, the everyday person doesn't need to see that. Kids don't need to see that. It shouldn't be so accessible. Yeah. Like, so I made it a point not to watch it. Um, it was like I saw the hit, not his body, like what, like an overshot picture of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was about to watch it. I was like, you know what? I don't want to see this, man. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I I pretty much know what happens. A jealous MF killed a, a dude that was doing great things in this community. I'm yeah. good. We we don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. And I think the biggest thing, I don't want to become like a person that doesn't see somebody getting shot as not a bad thing or like, oh, man, that's just the way it is. I don't want to see Mm-hmm. Murder in that like I want to see murder for what it is. I want to see it as a fucked up situation. Yeah, and I don't need that on my brain. I don't need that on my conscience. And I do want to say like just because I wasn't like a huge Nipsey Hustle music fan, yeah, doesn't mean I don't feel empathy for his family, um, for his girl, for his kids, for the whole community that rock with him heavy like that. Mm-hmm. I mean like it's. It's just sad, man. It's yeah. sad that that we have still have people so jealous that they want to kill you. Yep. Bruh. Like, what the question will never be answered, but like it really does come a point where when is putting on for your hood, when is I'm from the hood, I'ma stay in the hood, this is my hood. Like, when does that lifestyle, you know, when do you need to flip that? Because mm. you can still hold down your hood and not necessarily 24-7 be in your hood because of situations like this. You know, you're doing great things for a lot of people and employing a lot of people that look just like you mm-hmm. and, and, and come from the same struggles. And mm-hmm. some of those people that, you know, apparently this, him and this guy had a relationship. Yeah. They, they had some prior They're things. from the same block. Yeah, so, I mean— who knows, you know, the the little kid that got picked on, the the little kid that got bullied, the little kid that didn't feel included. Who knows what the emotions, where they started from and to what it led to. But what we do know is a 33-year-old born in 1985, you know, is gone, who was really changing his scenery. Yeah, know? for sure, man. The thing about his store was he hired uh, convicted felons. Mm. So... Uh, the thing about the story, you know, if you're a convicted felon, you can't have weapons. Yeah. So they don't have any uh, firearms for protection in his store. Yeah. So when uh, shitty cuz, as he goes by on the streets, Eric Holder right. decided to murder Nipsey Hussle, the people in the store were defenseless as well. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know what I'm saying, they couldn't come out there with their weapons because they don't have any in the store. Mm. Um. I saw a picture of Nipsey with a little girl, you know what I'm saying? Like right in front of the store, taking mm-hmm. a picture, scratch down with the little girl, you know what I'm saying? Just hanging out on the block, yeah. doing your one-two thing. And then after I saw 
like you saw that and then i saw the picture of his body same outfit it's like oh yeah that's him bro yeah that's him yeah it's it's, it's no mystery that it's him because that's what it was for a second it was like uh was a shooting at nipsey store like somebody is shot yeah and like uh, we don't know if it was him then it officially came out like yeah it was him yeah dog. TMZ so, a motherfucker. Man, they find out every fucking thing. They there. They are waiting. They are ready. And 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 sometimes that's good to be on the ooh look what happened. But yeah. the other times it's like, man, you know, Lauren London is a human being too, and she yeah. gotta she gotta you know explain to her kids now, you know what's going on, and gotta explain to you know family and friends and 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 the world per se. You know now now everybody waiting. Everybody checking on you, like like that's the whole things to deal with when you yeah. lose a, 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 a husband like figure in your life. I would yeah. imagine, you know. So, shouts to her, man. I hope she's uh hope she can pull through as best as possible. She had a, a kid with Lil Wayne, and Nips has a kid from a previous marriage, and they had a child together in 2016, I believe. Yeah. So, young child gonna have to hear stories about how great her dad was. You know, yeah, man. Sad. Three kids definitely affected. I mean, yeah. it's a horrible situation where. You you talked about it before, like when does the representing from the hood end? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm from Trywood through and through, love it, you know. But there came a time in my life where I I needed to grow out of that. I needed to move on and uh, spread my wings. Otherwise, I'm just gonna be that dude from Trywood, you know. Mm-hmm. And nothing wrong with that. People, it's people in Trywood that's rich. It's people in Trywood that make money, you know. But man, I couldn't. I'm not comparing Trywood to Compton. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I can't. So you know, I can only go by the stories you hear, the 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 myths, the legends, the Netflix docs, you know, yeah. all that. But end of the day, man, a sad, 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 sad thing happened to a man who was really changing his life, man, and really putting himself in position to to generational wealth himself. Not saying he hadn't already had, but just that tech world was booming, the businesses was booming. Uh, motivation speaking, I mean, dropping gems on people at schools and in seminars about business, about life, about, you know, coming out of your coming out of your uh, struggles and doing something with your life and finding your niche. And, you know, that that's a person that's needed in a lot of communities. Yeah. So it's sad to see him go, man. We're going we gonna to miss you, Nip, for sure. Definitely, man. I want to talk about staying in the hood and getting out the hood. Yeah. Like I always say, there's like three levels to this hood shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the hood, for sure. Did I stay there? No. Mm-hmm. Do I go back there? No, because everybody I know has left. Mm-hmm. And the streets don't love you, man. You got People have to realize your neighborhood don't love you. Yeah. The people may love you, but amongst the people that do love you, there's some people that hate you and hate your guts. Yeah. Because you are doing better than they are. You came out of that struggle. You came out of it. You did better for yourself. But as many people that love you, it's people that's going to hate you for no matter what. And I don't even understand that. How could you hate another person because they doing better than you? You was in the same, what's what's the saying? You come from the mud. You in the same mud they was born in. And they make their way up out of it. And you want to snatch their life from them. And they inspiring others they're inspiring kids they're inspiring you know what i'm saying convicted felons to get their life on track and you snatch that away from somebody i don't understand any of that man yeah i just don't yeah at all i i, I 
it doesn't make sense. It doesn't it doesn't logically fit anywhere in life. Um, I want to talk about too the 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 gangs in L.A. coming together yeah. with a peaceful march. I mean, we talking people that in their forties and fifties have been nothing but that lifestyle. Yeah. And you know, I'm not the I'm not the gang expert, but I saw Bloods, I saw Crips, I saw some essays, I saw some what they call six trays or something, something, <laughs> somethings, and you know, a lot of people coming together in, in in a community that you know we've seen firsthand. The L.A. riots and the yeah. and the and the the gang activity that happens in L.A. and for L.A.P.D. to be sending praise to Nip, for the gangs to be sending uh, sending love and prayers to Nip, those are the you know two things that stand out to me as far as like. Unfortunately, we got to lose some mm-hmm. some uh, key figures in our in our world to take that next step. You know. Yeah. Dr. King was shooting for it. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, we still trying to take that step for him. Malcolm, you know, a lot of people. And I put Nip right there, man. Nip was, Nip was our, this generation's uh, uh, voice, you know, in a, sure. in a lot of aspects. So uh, this is an opportunity for a lot of people to, to, to do something different with their lives and, uh, and, and uh, change. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping good come from this. It's got to, man. It, it, something good has to happen from this situation because, a person like that shouldn't be taken at that age. And then it makes you think about, like, damn, hold on. Pac was, what, 23? Mm. Biggie was, what, 24? Four, yeah. So it was like, yo, them dudes was in their 20s. Gone. And made impact. Major impact. Yeah. A impact on the game that will never be be seen again, like on a, on a just bringing up a, a whole coast and bringing up just music that we rock out to this day. And I think Nipsey's impact was different from Biggs and Pox. Mm-hmm. Nipsey was about really, I think Nipsey is what Tupac should have been. Yep. Because when Pac was uh, Tupacalypse Now, uh, Me Against the World, that's the Pac that I really like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the Pac that people, the masses respect. Like, the thugged out niggas, they love all eyes on me. They mm-hmm. love to hit him up because he's talking this shit. Yeah. It's 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 dope for yeah. sure. But that's not that's not really who he was. And I think that's a well known fact that the Tupac that we got in the end really wasn't him. Yeah. But the the thought of Nipsey empowering himself and empowering his loved ones is just just dope. Yeah. It's just dope, and he's no longer here to inspire people. So I I think about you know what I'm saying. On last week's pod, I was talking about how I would go down to the PJs chasing girls mm-hmm. and everything like that. Good times. Got a couple <laughs>, laughs. Like, nigga, you was a wild boy back then. Like, yeah. yes, I was. <laughs> but I look at that now, and, like, we're talking about decisions and everything like that. Like, man, it, it makes me second guess what, I, what I've been thinking my whole life. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, decisions, you know what I'm saying? You make these decisions, and these are the repercussions. Like, Damn. What decision did he make that was so wrong that somebody felt the need to kill him? Yeah. Doing better for himself? Oh, that's the decision you made. You know, you right. got to die. It makes me question my whole thought process. Yeah. I'm going to keep it real. I don't know. Maybe there is a mythical being out there just controlling the whole nine. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, it's weird, bro. It's weird. It's, it's troubling. It's it's a uh, conversation needs to be had, though. You know, I feel like people need to talk about you know, we need to talk about these things and and and, and not just amongst 
their uh, coffee friends, they drinking buddies, they co-workers. You know, people need to this 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 world this hate, you know, that's out there, you know, it's it's um it's it's front and center in our in our lives and in, in, in a bunch of directions that it shouldn't be. You know, it's front and center in our politics, it's front and center mm. in our in our uh, you know, in everything. It's just the hatred and how people are are living is is we take a step back. You know, we then went backwards a little and the only way to get out of this is taking some huge losses and people realizing that, you know, a human is a human and we need to come together and figure this out cuz our leadership ain't trying to help us with that. Yeah. Know? Yeah, for so, sure. That's that's definitely not happening. Do you have a favorite uh Nip song? Um, The Victory Lap. Yeah. The first song off the new album, it it, I was banging that. That was like one of the ones that I was like, oh yeah, this is dope. Yeah. Like off the rip, like I was already playing that one on the the morning playlist anyway. But you know what I'm saying? As I go deeper into the catalog, I think it's a song called uh, "Bullets Ain't Got No Names." Yeah, huh. yeah. <laughs> I mean that 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 really speaks out now for mm-hmm. sure. And also just something like my mom used to say when I was a kid when I would go down to. People in Cleveland know about this Green Light Shopping Center. <laughs> Go play some basketball because they had uh, big spotlights out there, so we could go out there and play basketball until two, three in the morning, and just have a good time. But you know, what I'm saying the park was known for stuff going down yeah. down there, so yeah. it was one of those situations where she didn't want me to go down there. She she she, she didn't want me to go down there in the daylight. You know, what I'm saying, let alone at midnight you know right. what I'm saying? i was just playing <laughs> basketball well just because you playing basketball don't mean that shit ain't going down around that area and hence bullets ain't got no names man yeah i definitely uh that victory lap i i like that uh last uh dedication on there i think uh i remember that being on there i like that grinding on my life song I, um that kind of like was a new new the newer one for me i don't know when that i don't think it was on victory lap that I don't song think so. but uh um, that grind on my life. I, I saw Russ uh, Westbrook. You know they had a relationship. He had mm. a lot of relationships with a lot of you know athletes and and moguls and people. And um, I saw Russ uh, the day after dropped that twenty 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 game rolling sixties. And uh, yeah, man, and uh, did that for Nip. And that ain't been done since the sixties with Wilt. So numbers on the board twenty twenty twenty. You know what that means? That's <laughs> what he said, right? Know. You already yeah. know, man. It's just a crazy situation, man. How often you do you go back to your old neighborhood? When smoke come home, because there's people still over there. You know, I, I a lot of most of my people that I grew up with, same deal. You know, we all come from that. We, we call it uh, the circle plat. You know, it's one way in, one way out. Probably a hundred houses in this circle plat, and um, a lot of people in in my era of growing up there in the '90s, late '80s, '90s. You know, there was a lot of kids and a lot of uh, people my age, my age bracket. You know, we could have all-day tournaments and get to it. Yeah. But it comes a point, like you say, you start seeing the older kids move on. You start seeing your friends, you know, a couple of years older move on. Then become your turn. And some stay. Some struggle their lives. Some people make it, you know. But a lot, most of my neighborhood, I'm going to say 95% of it is new faces. You know, there's a couple – People miss Tony still there and so and so and so and so. And when I'm in the area, I'm knocking because because I want her to know that you know, hey, I, you remember me? Hey, Kevin, I sure do. You know, she's an old lady now, but when I was a young when I was a youngin, 
she was my go-to for that water because it was eight <laughs> houses closer than mine. And I didn't have to go all the way down the street to get that water and that sandwich. So people like that that's in the hood, you got to still check on. But I'm not back in Trywood hardly at all. Yeah. It's just a different place. You know, it's it's, it's not, it don't feel like it's mine no more because the people that I that I rock with ain't there. Yeah, I I don't know if anybody is still in my old neighborhood where I grew up. Uh, I just remember when I remember when I moved to my neighborhood, the hill, I was going to the first grade and uh, one of my dudes, we went to uh, like kindergarten together mm-hmm. in East Cleveland and we were moving from East Cleveland to Cleveland, which really ain't too big of a difference <laughs> or even distance for that matter. And uh, it's like one of the first people I saw, I was like, I know him. So, shoot, our friendship grew from there as, as little kids. And more, this whole neighborhood had an array of kids of all different ages. You know, we had the older kids, like my brother's age. Then we had kids like a couple years younger than him. Then we had people in my age bracket. So it was just like, much like your neighborhood, a ton of kids. And we had a ton of fun from mm-hmm. playing football in the street to basketball on the light pole right. to to leveling up and getting a basketball court in somebody's backyard mm-hmm. to playing guns. Oh, God, yeah. what a horrible game. We had a Not whole a, we had a whole creek yeah, that ran alongside our neighborhood. So like twenty of the hundred houses was along the creek side. Yeah. So we could and that creek ran all the way up to the high school. We had a baseball field that was active in the nineties with little league baseball damn near year round. So, you know, we out there, you come out of a tree line and you front and center with a gun in front of 80 people playing baseball and they're like oops and duck back in and, <laughs> my bad <yeah. laughs> so like like you say we had a similar upbringing and uh it ain't that no more when i went I, I tell a funny story about five years ago smoke came home and uh we were outside just shooting the shit and literally a kid that grew up in our neighborhood bought a house there he come outside i know that ain't smoking kev we like oh shit he like you know so-and-so got a house here too we went down and got the, before you knew it, it was about eight of us walking in the street like we was kids, went back up on the railroad tracks, which is now a bike path, shared a million stories, went over to the creek, can't get through the paths no more, the, <laughs> the brushes, trees yep. now, you know, all that. And like, but that one moment was like the final chapter in our book. Cause like, that's not like the last time we're gonna all be together like that. And we really spent years years together doing just what we was doing so yeah. you know it was kind of like the cool little little send off to there goes the hood life you know yeah so. man and you talk about the hood life because when you that age you don't know no better mm-hmm. because everybody's in the same boat you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's it's really about you know what i'm saying friendship and building bonds with people and because nobody has it better than anybody else yeah everybody's about the same level. It's not until you probably, like, get to, what, high school? Shit really starts, middle school. Mm-hmm. Middle school, high school, shit start to change. I, I I remember that vividly because I was probably heading, we moved when I was probably, I don't know, probably, like, in the eighth grade. Okay. Um, Not far. We just moved to uh, Lenhurst. Well, South Euclid Lenhurst, which is a suburb, but it's like right on the border. So mm-hmm. literally, you walk 10 feet, you're in Cleveland. Okay. But there's like a bump. And I'll never forget this. is a bump that when you enter 
Cleveland, the roads turn to shit. <laughs> and that's how I knew, like, yo, we didn't leveled up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And but I'm not from here. I don't know y'all. Yeah. I'm going back to where I'm from. Yeah. These are my people. These are the people that know me my entire life. Yeah. And these are the people that I want to remain with. So I always went back. Like it wasn't even it for that for then and that time it wasn't going back. I'm I'm going to my spot. This right. is where I hang out after school. This is where I hang out until I gotta be. be at. Yep. I'm not fucking with nobody around here. <laughs> Y'all already know what it is. Yeah. And I remember the biggest change for me and realizing like, yo, the streets don't love you. It's fucked up out here. Is remember the guy I was telling you about, dude I know since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, his mom passed away. And I think that was a big turning point for him in his life where his mom passed away and she was in a hospital prior to that and he would have everybody over his crib. You know what I'm saying? It was the kicking spot. But, you know what I'm saying, my kicking it and everybody else kicking it wasn't the same. Yeah. Didn't smoke weed. I wasn't on it like that. If it wasn't about girls or going to the mall to get fresh, I wasn't on it. Yeah. Like, that's, that was just me. And to everybody else that did that in in the neighborhood, they never pushed me to do this. Oh, shit, hit the blunt, Kev. Uh, do this, Kev. Yeah. We about to go down here, Kev. They already knew if I wasn't, if it wasn't about some type of sports activity or girl, don't even ask me. Right. So it was his homeboys, newer guys that he was bringing to his crib that really had that transition for him to like, yo, hit the blunt, get high with your boys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, them your boys. You're my boy. And you being my boy, you would know that. Right. So he got into some shit. Since it's my man's, I'm going to defend my man's. So I defend my man's. He watched these niggas jump me. Mm. Watch these niggas jump me. Now, mind you, I've known you since I was six years old. Yeah. We like 18 now. Ooh. You watch these niggas jump me in front of your house as I'm defending you. Yeah. And I never forget, my boy Steve comes running down the hill with a bat. And them niggas back up off me. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? We didn't know each other our whole lives, and you just watch. And a nigga that's, I would say, you know we speak in houses when you're in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. A dude that's probably like five houses away comes sprinting down the hill to save me. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You're letting it happen. Yeah. Mm. And, and at that point, I realized, like, look, man, everybody don't fuck with you the same way you fuck, you with, fuck them. with them. Fact. Fact. It's... And it's funny that you're talking about this because I just shared a story with my wife yesterday about the decisions you make as a youth. And, you know, people, we were talking about our kids and, like, things that we went through and things that happened in our lives that, you know, our parents never found out or, you know, we we skated by, you know, <laughs> tiptoeing the wire and uh, it wasn't me this time, you know. Yeah. They got God, I made it, you know, yep. type of thing. And, you know, it. I told my wife it took three or four or five times for me to have myself in situations that I know I had no business being in, that I know these were the things my mom talked about, that I knew that didn't benefit me in no way. It took three or four or five of those for me to sit back and say, all right, I don't like this atmosphere. 
just because my boy liked this atmosphere or my boy cool with this atmosphere. I mean, I always I always had to have to tag along. Mm-hmm. So I stopped, you know, being that tag along friend just to be tagging along. And shortly after the, some of those decisions, you know, like you say, uh, riding with one boy who got two other friends that ain't yours, and they decide we're going to go steal some, some speakers out of trunks today and steal some amps, you know, by me passing on that ride, I wasn't in that mugshot. You know, yeah. but I rode with them guys a, a, a thousand times. Right. You know, so it's like it, I got I wiggled through life in some of these some of these obstacles that could have took my life a whole different direction. And it's like we were just talking about how do you how do you protect your kids from that? But also too much protection leads to curiosity and puts them right in that. You mm-hmm. know, so that fine line of exposure lessons do don't do like. Where's the mathematical medical answer? You know, where's the where's the answer I need? And it's like, I was telling her like sometimes you have to go through some of these things yourself, and we hope that she can wiggle too. You know, hope right. that it ain't us going to the courts or us going to the hospital or us going you know somewhere having to try to save our children. You know, like that the kids got it hard, much harder than we did as youth. You know. We say it all the time. I probably said it on eighty four these hundred and forty four pods <laughs> that, you know, I was one uh one Snapchat, one picture away from my life being different. Yeah. You know, I I did some things in life I'm not proud of and did some things in life that I shouldn't have done and the culture of how we treated certain girls at our school, you know, like we had a girl that we just knew was cool to feel on. Mm-hmm. And everybody kinda felt on her. And she kinda giggled, we giggle and you move on. But like Nah, man, that's not really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, it's funny you say that because <laughs> my dude, I'll leave his name out, but he'll he listens to the pod. He'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> One day he told me, yeah, man, 90% of dudes lose their virginity on the train. <laughs> and I thought about it. I was like, God damn, you probably right. Mm-hmm. It's like, think about it. It's either on a, on a train or you doing it outside like yeah that shit ain't crazy. normal yeah it's like it happens don't mean it's right or <laughs> that it's normal and and it's it blew my mind i was like yo i started doing some recollecting <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like yikes life is crazy man life is about those decisions yeah and when you and when you from the hood man you just you just going you just going i don't even know if if, if, it's, if you from the hood or if you just a kid you just going with the flow and you just seeing where life takes you but it's crazy out here yeah it's crazy out here it's like you talk about having daughters and everything like that having having to coach them through life and knowing the mistakes that you made Mm -hmm. i i couldn't imagine like what a kid today is going through mentally dealing with siblings yeah dealing with school dealing with peer pressure like I couldn't imagine. I couldn't. I, I don't want to live that shit over. Yeah. As a as a twelve year old, I can vividly remember trying to see the titties through the blurred, <laughs> uh, scramble red green blue lines Squinch on eyes, HBO tell. at midnight because I wanted to see. And and you know today, the kids know how to spell. They can get right <laughs> to it. You know so shit. All you got to do is say now. Yeah, exactly. Just talking it and. And so, like, just the way the world is so accessible to all ages, like, you really, you really got to be mindful of that because 
you know, that term curiosity killed the cat. Like mm-hmm. we we were able to be curious Georges and, and and wonder. You know, they can go get facts and answers and make <laughs> decisions that might not be the right decision for a twelve year old to make, you know, eleven year old to make. So it's different, it's tough, but you know, you gotta you gotta stay on them. Yeah, you gotta man. Stay on them. I know growing up in the neighborhood, man, with a lot of single parent households, it wasn't a situation where you could go talk to your parents about a lot of things mm-hmm. because one, they at they're work. at work. <laughs> there it is. Two, they sleeping so they can get to work. Mm-hmm. So you had the answers from your older brother or the older homies in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The ones or, that was going through it or went through it. Yeah, or listening to your boy who's the exact same age as you. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I'm going to get some advice from somebody that's living the same life that I'm living. Yeah. Not the best move in the world. At all. At all. <laughs> Before we get out of here, man, I got to bring it up. Yeah. Don't you got a, something happening between this Sunday and next Sunday? <laughs> Don't you have a certain uh, day of the week that's different than others yeah man it's a celebration man it's a celebration man my born day my born day man my born day is coming this thursday april 11th your boy will be 40 year old kev nash wow are you ready i'm not ready are you excited not really (laughs) not really i don't feel 40 man yeah that's that's a huge accomplishment (laughs) yeah for sure that's a huge deal I didn't want to not bring this up because uh, you're my guy. And, yeah, uh, I appreciate it. You don't turn 40 every day. Nah. And uh, since you lead the way in that category, <laughs> I want to I, I wanna be a part of this and make sure we shout you out, man. Appreciate so, it, man. It feels weird, man, because, you know, we do a lot of reminiscing on this pod. Hell, people do a lot of reminiscing all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, I got a wedding photo right there in the living room that I look at every day. And every so often I look through the wedding photos and I'm like, damn. I look through the wedding album like, oh, they ain't together no more. Oh, they done broke up. Oh, they didn't got a divorce. They wasn't even together when they took this picture. They still came to the wedding though. Mm-hmm. Like, we still rocking though. <laughs> right. And like you like, damn, how long ago was that? Like, yeah, that's going on seven years. Like, God damn, that's, yeah. that happened fast. Or then you go listen to music. I was listening to uh Puff No Way Out. Yeah. That dropped in ninety seven. Mm. I was like, damn. Like it feel like yesterday. Yeah. But I'm about to be 40. And I, I love at the Pie Fest that we were at, um, someone asked you how old you was. And that's when I got this uh, this blues clue about your <laughs> birthday coming up. And you told her you was about to be 40. And the look on her face was like, damn, black don't crack. Black you don't know? crack, man. Shouts so, out yeah. to Ma Dukes. Good jeans, man. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, Shouts out to Penny and Betty. I'm out here <laughs> rocking. Good jeans. Appreciate y'all. So congrats. Thank you. You Thank will be you. getting a call from me Thursday. Happy 40th birthday, brother, from uh, from me and the You Can Make This a Podcast family, man. Appreciate the love. We up out of here. Peace.